on the Demand Excellence Podcast, I have Coach Chip Sigmund. He is a strength and conditioning coach. He worked from 1982 to 1984. He worked at UNC Chapel Hill, got to work with Michael Jordan. From 1984 to 1990, he was the head strength and conditioning coach at Appalachian State. From 1990 through 2011, he was the head strength and conditioning coach with the Charlotte Hornets. And then from 2011 to present, he is uh, working for Sigma Sports Performance, wellness coordinator for Europa Sports and Products. He and a few of his golden age strength and conditioning coaching friends, they wrote a book or had a book put, put together called The Golden Age of Strength and Conditioning. You can buy it on Amazon, and he and I are going to discuss it a little bit more, but I have the book. It is an amazing read. And I highly encourage you to buy it. I'm just a head football coach in high school, and I'm learning every single day from this book. And I find a great appreciation for the job that I have when I read about the crazy stories of these guys making no money back in the 70s and the 80s. I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Coach Sigmund today. The book is called The Golden Age of Strength and Conditioning. And um, you know, and, and what it's about for the listener out there, it's about, you know, 32 coaches who helped lay the foundation of what strength and conditioning profession is today. And as I'm reading through these stories, what, what I'm noticing is I think every single person got started or at some point worked for zero dollars. <laughs> and that, that's, yeah, no strength and conditioning is anymore. But you guys really were the people who have created uh, and, and at my school, I know we win because of the strength and conditioning program. But you guys are the ones that laid this foundation. So, so start there and talk a little bit about it. It just happened. Uh, and if you'll read the introduction, The Golden Age of Strength and Conditioning, you can get on Amazon or our publisher, TheMediaGroup.com. It was a, an introduction. I'll just go from the introduction. I'm not even reading it. I know it well. Right. Um, it, 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 I just state that. It was a cold, rainy Monday morning, November 2017. I was on my way to work. True story. And I called Mike Gentry, who was retired and former strength coach, Virginia Tech, legendary. And we just started talking about the good old days. I had Mike at one of my strength conditioning clinics at Appalachian State in 85, 86, something like that. We didn't have the Internet. We just had to rely on, on mailers and brochures. Right. getting things out yeah. uh the internet was you know so so anyway i um I, I asked mike just said chip he said how how um how uh um how much what did you start off making i've always wanted to you know always been curious what did you start off making in appalachian state i said nothing nothing mike i went for free i just had a place to lay my head down at night under the field house where the a little 50 foot square room um, at night, no heat. I got a heater later and uh, just to play my place to lay my head down at night in the training table. And a lot of times I'd miss the training table because I spend more time working with the, with the uh, athletes. I'd run up to the training table and it'd be closed. That's crazy. So, so, um, and I said, well, what did you start off making, Mike? And he said, I, 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 he said in 85, I can't remember the exact date, 
He said, I start off me. He said, well, you got me beat. He said, I started making $12,000 in East Carolina. And I said, yep. I said, those were the golden age for sure of strength and conditioning. He said, you know what, Chip? That sounds like a great book. Well, I called. I knew I need some help. And Mike Gentry said, no, Chip, I can't help you with this project. I told him about, let's do a book. I've already got another project going on. I called Jerry Palmieri, former strength coach in New York Giants. He was with me at Apple at uh, uh, Carolina. He said, Chip, it sounds like a great idea. Bill Ferran, who was with the uh, Miami Heat when I was there, and he's still there, but uh, he was with the University of Miami under Jimmy Johnson. And I called Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson's now at East Tennessee State. He's still in it, but he was at West Virginia, um, University of West Virginia, Ohio State with the Baltimore Orioles. All of them thought it was a great idea. And it was a year and a half, almost two-year process. Yeah. And the hardest part, Jonathan, was picking the coaches that were going to be in it. We spent three months finding our publisher. Well, finding a publisher was a tough one. We did. He backed up. He backed out. I said, no. I said, said, you're not going to. Robert Walker, the owner of um, the Core Media Group, I said, no, Robert, let's make this work. What can you do? So he made it work. Mike Gentry came back in. He said, you know, Chip, this could be pretty good. Jerry Paul Mary kind of backed out at one time. He won't admit that. But his wife talked him into it coming back because he's thinking, you know what, Chip, we can have every major university that has a strength conditioning program make this a mandatory read. And of course, we can't make them. We can't make it be mandatory, but we suggested, which uh, which Travis uh, Triplett, the head, uh, the first uh, president of the NSCA, she's in the book. And so we've got in touch with every university, 200 and some universities and colleges around the country that have a strength conditioning major or classes. And now they're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, they make it a, some of them mandatory reading, some of it, uh, some of them a suggested reading. So, so it's, uh, it's just been a miracle. That is, um, that's the story uh, where it was uh, published, went to the publisher and, and printed in, in, in this past February, something we're, we're very proud of. We give all the, the glory to God. Uh, it's just, it's, it is a miracle how it came about, but it's true uh, that it just started with a telephone conversation. And we went from there, buddy. Well, what I appreciate about the book and why I think people should read it, especially young strength and conditioning coaches and coaches in high school, um, it's, it's just to, to – first of all, you learn a lot as you read the chapters, but it's the appreciation I now have for what you guys did because, I mean, you're working for nothing and it's just story after story after story of guys creating this strength and conditioning uh, basically position and convincing people that this is important. And, and the game, of course, my, my game is football, but basketball, whatever, and even golf now, the game has been transformed by strength and conditioning people showing us what our bodies can actually do and getting our bodies to reach a uh, physical peak. And 
And to me, that's, that's what you guys have done. What we're seeing in sports right now is the foundation that you guys have laid. It's pretty amazing. As you, as you read through the book, you start, your eyes are open to that, you know, how we got here, you know. So, um, well. You, you couldn't be more right, Jonathan. You couldn't be more. You, you hit the, the nail on the head for sure. Um, it's come. It's unbelievable what we started out with. You just read all the stories. I mean, um, it wasn't until uh, a couple years until I, I started getting paid, and that was out of every sport. I think a year, I went about a year, year and a half. Uh, but every sport at Appalachian took a little bit out of their budget to pay me. Two years later, I went full-time, and that was just 21000 What we didn't want, Jonathan, I mean, make this clear, we're not envious of the coaches, what they're making today. We think that's great. We wanted people to know where it started. The right. Sacrifice so many, I think, is, hey, I'm all for capitalism, and you make as much as you can. And you're, the strength conditioning with the, with the pressure on you, it's a 24-7. Now, back then, too, Jonathan, I worked with all teams, just not football. I know. That's and, <laughs> and, until, I got a, until I got a staff. And then you still were responsible. Now you've got guys making five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars just working for football. But and I, I like it. Hey, that's great. But the pressure on you. Uh, when if the coach gets fired, usually you're gone. Right. Um, you the the pressure is incredible. You're making that big of money. Save your money. Right. Uh, because you just never know one slip up. And you're gone. That's right. You've got to be, and I, I do. I do like it. And you, you have to be the same way, Jonathan. Every coach. That's why you get to be so influence, so much of an influence on young men. But, but the pressure you've got to bring, and you, we've talked about this. Our philosophies. You've got to bring your A game, and you got to bring energy, enthusiasm every day. Yeah. You got to be your bring your A game, and that's what I like about it. It makes you. You've got to be. Um. And so uh, on your toes every day. But so we didn't want the book to be about we're not jealous. We think that's great. We just wanted to know how people, and especially that you're getting into it today. That's why we want major universities to be to be uh, make it a, a mandatory read or a suggested read uh, because of what what it's all about, where it got started. And uh, so that that's 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 what I want to mainly mainly point out. And you you. You described it so well. Thank you of the book. Well, I was, uh, I'm going to get into my questions in a second, but I was sitting there, I had this book out, you know, I started reading it. You and I talked last week and I pulled it out, started reading it. And it's just, man, you can't put it down because you just want to read the next story. So I'm at the South Carolina football camp on Saturday and I was just sitting there, you know, the kids are doing everything and I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm reading the book and, um, and the head strength coach for South Carolina walked by me and, you know, strength coaches, they're, they're always yelling. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm real hoarse now. I go to the gym this morning, but go ahead. <laughs> he walked by me and he's kind of scared me because I didn't see him walk by me. I'm sitting there reading, right? And he's like, he yells, he's like, that's a great book. <laughs> and I was like, I, I thought you talking to me. But that, was, that's, I, I, saw, I, I saw you were going to South Carolina and I apologize. Jeff Dillman's a good friend. He was at Appalachian State. Okay. He's done a great job at South Carolina. Jeff Dillman is one of the tops in his field. I wish him well. There's a little pressure them for him. He'll end up somewhere. I, I, I'm really hoping he has a great success this year. 
He's one of the top ones. The thing about it is, Jonathan, a lot of times a strength coach, when you're losing, sometimes you're doing, me and Mike Gentry talk about this. If you have Mike Gentry on, bring this up. Okay. A lot of times, Jonathan, you're doing your best job when you're losing. Right. Because you've got to keep those kids up. I'm doing all I can do. You know, if your performance is on your field and the talent, you got to bring it. As a strength coach, I'm bringing all I can do. Sometimes the conditioning, when all the conditioning is, is equal, the talent will rise. Now, when sometimes when the talent is equal, the conditioning will rise. Right. But a lot of times you do all – and I've done some of my best jobs. When the, we, we just the first years, couple years at Appalachian State, we thought Coach Sparky Woods was gone. Then we won two football, Southern Football Conference championships, almost beat University of South Carolina one year uh, in a little weight room in the dungeon. If you'll see in the book what our weight room looked like in 1984, right. 1985, and look at it today. It's but great. I remember the bars rusting in the – because it was in a basement with no windows. Right. I would walk in that weight room at, at, at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, and walk out, I'd go to lunch, but then walk out when it's dark. I'd go in when it's dark, walk out when it's dark. Um, so, um, but there's sacrifices, Jonathan, in every profession. But we're not, we're not exclusive. There's sacrifice. You, you know what you've been through. But right. we just wanted to, to point out, uh, uh, you know, as far as the strength conditioning profession is concerned and how it got started. Boyd Epley, I think most people know him as the godfather of, you know, the, the assistant at Nebraska. Boyd started off making $2 an hour at Nebraska. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that, that's um, – I appreciate you letting me uh, – give me some freedom to explain all that. No, absolutely. It's, it's a great story. I tell kids all the time, I was like, y'all are spoiled right. And when I go, you know, I go to Georgia and Auburn and South Carolina City's weight rooms, I was like, I don't even see how y'all get strong. Incredible. Weight rooms. Incredible. It, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's gotten, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy. So, so here's some questions uh, for you. Um, and I think some of the high school coaches out there and even, even maybe, you know, others, there might be strength and conditioning coaches listening to this. Um, I'm sure there will be. Um, so for me as a football coach, what is, what is your overall training philosophy uh, for a football player, specifically a high school football player? You know, what's important and what isn't? Great, great question, um, Jonathan. You know, what you have to – like a pyramid of success, a pyramid of John Wooden's pyramid. Yes, sir. And you got to – what's the base? What's the base of your pyramid? What's at the top? Um, and the base of my, my – it, it's always – I learned this from Dr. Mike, exercise physiologist Michael Stone, who was in the book. We took two exercise uh, science professors, uh, uh, Michael Stone and – Travis Triplett, and they're in the book, how it got started, sports science, and how far it's come. But the, the pyramid basis is, is always, I think, is balanced. The balance, you're no good on the ground or on the court. And, of course, strength. Strength has got to be 
the core of everything. I, my basis, I don't care really what sports you're in. And I do to a certain extent, I take it, but, but the, the, the basic, you know, your football, basketball, and believe it or not, even your baseball to some extent. But I, I just this good strength basis now. Young kids, I trained a 13-year-old kid right now. He's coming at 4 o'clock today. It's all body weight right now. Right. 13. And he'll advance to – he'll advance to – but but then you, there's the mobility involved in that pyramid. And as I've mentioned balance, flexibility, and mobility. There is a difference. You know, so it, it's – there's some – then you've got on up, you've got explosiveness with your jumping. Uh, people call it plyometrics. So, and, and, you know, it goes on up from there. You know, your bilateral movements, your unilateral movements, you know. So, so I always go with first things first is, is, you know, if I was in college, I would have my freshmen all come in and you're just, you're, you're reviewing all the time. And that is your strength, your bench. Your squat, whether it's low bar or high bar, just squat. Coaches are different, and I no, I don't argue. Just do one or the other. Some of them do both. What do you mean and by then high bar? Get, what do you mean by high bar? Low uh, bar? High bar, high bar on the trap or low bar uh, on the spine of the scapula. Somebody, some people do it a little differently. Gotcha. And there's ways to do that, but I, I'm always high bar. That's what I, I was at in bodybuilding. I'm that with athletes, but. What a lot of people are going, what's called low bar squat, where you're bending over more. Right. Um, but, but, um, uh, and then uh, your deadlift and overhead presses. Well, gosh, the overhead presses. Well, if you do them right, uh, a good book for your listeners, Jonathan, is Starting Strength by Mark Ripito. That explains the overhead press, explains the low bar squat. And uh, I like that book. I, I, I've got a library of books. And uh, I'm sure you, we've talked about that. And how and I'm still reading. I'm still learning at 63 because I still have the passion. You talk about in your book, humility. You better stay humble in this profession. Right. And I still go to clinics and I sit on the front row with my paper, excuse me, my paper and, and pencil. And act like, and I don't have to act like, I, it's real. I don't know a daggum thing. <laughs> and and you're always learning. Uh, Jerry Paul Mary John, John does that. Mike Gentry does that. And we you're always. I'm listening to podcasts, to to, uh, to YouTube, going to work, coming to work. Uh, uh, this uh, this morning, I'm 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 listening to uh, Napoleon Hill about success. Um, uh, uh, Francis Chan, one of my favorite uh, uh, ministers. Right. And you're all where we're spiritual, whether it's whatever to make you better in your profession. I'm sure you look to listen to football coaches, the X's and O's. Yes, and sir. so, so you're always, always, uh, you know, trying to better yourself uh, through, through the, the, the information we have out there now. Gosh, Jonathan, we, when I was first coming in the seventies and early eighties, it was just about, we couldn't wait, wait for the next, Muscle fitness, muscle fitness, or strength conditioning magazine, so we, so we could, you know, learn stuff. I remember, oh, who won the Mister Olympia? Well, let's call. Who's got a who? Who's got some money? We'll call out West. 
right. or wait for the next magazine to find out who won it when I was young. Right. That's, we don't have the instant information that we have now. So I got off track a little bit. So you're basic. And then later on comes your clean, you know, your hang cleans, your power cleans from the floor, your snatches, uh, your hang snatch or your high pulls, explosive work. And then what I really like, Jonathan, then I'll go into my complex training my co or complex where, where you're going you're going from a squat to a jump. I won't do that. With I'm getting ready to start our football players now into it in July. Basketball players will come a little later. I've got some basketball players, uh, two of them overseas. They just got through. I'm not going to start them jumping. I have nobody doing any jumping right now. And I've got a sled out back in the warehouse. i got a football is going to start that 1st of July. And so, so I, I take things in stride. I don't you know, you're talking about things not to, your isolation movements are critical, you know, your, your, your supplementary exercises, but it's all, that's down the line, or you can maybe superset some things. I do like the reverse hyper, hyper extension for the, for the glutes, low back. I love that. Yes, sir. Um, so I love that. I've got one in here. But but don't, you know, those have to come first. Then you've got, and the thing about it is, Jonathan, which I hate, everybody, and all your kids, you go on YouTube and you see all this crazy stuff. And they try to, well, those things are at proper time. I have employees here at Europa I see doing crazy stuff. Well, that that's fine, but it comes, when does it come in your program? There are certain times and places to put things in your program. So, right. So I've got, you know, I've got you know, close to 25 clients, athletes, and personal training. There's certain times I put those things in, and I keep charts on everybody. And sometimes I just know. And uh, uh, so I think it's important to have a plan to be organized. And I like what Buddy Morris says. He's in the book, the strength coach, Arizona Cardinals. You know, it's it's a it's you have to be organized and periodization, planning. But the thing about it is you got to be ready in the middle of your workout to change things. Right. The way your athletes are performing, don't be afraid to change. Right, right in the middle of your workout or in your in in your your planning, okay, we're doing this this week, this week. Wait a minute. So, you know, um so important things what, you know, what Pat Riley the famous NBA basketball coach and general manager, president of Miami Heat. And he talks about, you know, when, what's important now? What's important now? When? And do the first things first. And don't, you know, if it doesn't matter, you know, then don't do it. You know, at practice, how many times have you changed things? Right. And so, so I think, I think that's important. Well, um, all right, so my next question. <clears throat> so for me, one of the most important aspects of the weight room for me is building mental toughness. You know, as a football coach, I mean, you can be physically strong, but if you get out there on that football field and you're not mentally tough, it really, you know, your physical prowess means nothing. Um, can you speak to the aspect of strength and conditioning and some things you do to target 
mental toughness, uh, maybe in football players and basketball players? Yeah, Jonathan, and uh, another good, great, great, great question. Um, you know, I think, and I know you'd agree with this, it all starts in the weight room, the yes. culture, the work ethic. Agreed. The being, being consistent. You talk about it in your book, I believe. I just sent my parents all, all, this morning about being consistent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're telling me. But you're, it, it all starts there. The toughness. This world that we live in today is crazy. You can't make this stuff up. Your kid had be, better be mentally tough to survive. Am I right? That, you're 100% right. And today's world, they've got a million things on their mind when they come to your, class, come to your practice or your weight room. Their girlfriend relations their grades, their family situation. Some of them may not know where they're sleeping that night. I also work with the uh, South Mecklenburg High School basketball team. And the coach let me know one time, hey, this kid doesn't, he's sleeping uh, with these people one night, sleeping the, with these people the next night. Right. You have to be, you have to be, get your guys, it's a culture. You have to build, and you know this, Jonathan, you have to build a culture. Right. And it's a process. It just doesn't happen overnight. You talk about in your book, the sluggers, the, you know, just the, the scoffers. That's what I'm talking, the scoffers. And that's true. People that aren't, if you're not with us, you're against us and you're a cancer. That's right. And so what I try to do as a strength coach to a football coach or a basketball coach, I'm for you, coach, not against you. I'm your biggest ally. I believe in loyalty. Right. Talk that. I think one of the things that you're, you're asking me about is uh, the starting out as a strength conditioning coach, but I'll get to that later. But so it, it, it all starts with every rep, every rep, every set is perfect. You talk about, uh, you know, perfect effort, win the day. It's right. so true. Gosh, I love the book because it just reinforced what I already know, but it reinforced it so strongly. Yes, sir. So. So it just starts with the weight room. And, and I always t tell our players, I had eight of them here at one time almost. I said, do not come. And Saturday I had 10 guys in. Do not come in this weight room unless you leave better than you were when you came in. Just get better today. Get better today. Let's win the day. So I don't want – I want every rep. I want you – there's a lot of people in here, guys. Let's stay focused. Let's bring the energy, as we talked about earlier. So I think it all begins in the weight room and the culture that you, 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 you have to have the enthusiasm as a coach. No matter how tired you are, you bring the energy. And you don't let them know that you've got a million other. I had something else on my mind this morning, coaching those guys. I didn't let them know it. Right. I didn't let them know it. I brought the energy. I brought the enthusiasm. I brought the focus. So anyway, that's it. It all starts in the weight room. So don't, I think this. Um, sometimes I just tell my wife during football season, like she doesn't understand how tired I am. But I'm in the weight room. I have five periods in the weight room, and then I'm the head football coach. And you talk about the energy in the weight room, and you know if you don't bring it, they're not bringing it. 
And um, right. And then it's the same thing. It's the same thing as the head football coach. So I got to go do that again. And and she doesn't understand why I can't pay attention at night when she's talking to me. I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I, have, I can't even. I don't even know what I'm thinking. And um, yeah, I've been, I, I commend you. <laughs> I commend you, Jonathan. People don't realize how hard you've got to go the X's and O's, prepare, and then you're doing weight training too. Um, people, uh, God bless you. People think it's so simple, you know, but it's, it's, it's what you're talking about. It's bringing that energy. But also one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking is not only does a good strength coach need to be, you know, somebody who brings the energy and, you know, physical fitness – but he, but he also, or she also, needs to be a psychologist. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, these kids are coming exactly. to you. But I, I know you know what I'm talking about when I say you got to be a psychologist, too. You got to be able to read them and respond to them. And what do you think? What yeah, are you, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Jonathan. You, people don't realize how hard you work uh, doing the weight training, the X's and O's. Um, I commend you. And I've been there before and uh, working on almost every level, every level. And it does, it, you, but you got to bring it. You cannot let them know because if they see you tired, and I think, though, when you're enthusiastic, it brings the energy to you. You're and right. The thing about it is I can be real tired, but I walk in my office and 15, 20 minutes later, I've recovered. I'm good. Right. I'm good. I just have to take that break from my lunch. I just got through eating before our podcast here, and I'm ready to go again. Right. Go be going this afternoon and be here till seven thirty tonight. Um, so so yeah, it, it's so important to keep that enthusiasm. You can't let them just like the other team. I always tell our players in here, listen, you can the other team can beat you if they're better. Never let them let never let them be you beat you because of fatigue. And never let them people see that you're tired. Never let them see that you're fatigued. Never. Absolutely. Now, the other team can beat you if they're better. That is fine. But never right. let them beat you because of fatigue. But go ahead. No. So, I, I have this question. Um, you know, you coached in the NBA for a long time, and you've worked, you've worked all different types. You've worked football. You've worked basketball. Um, two questions, really. What is the difference between the development of, a, of a, ba a professional basketball player and a professional football player? And then I know that the NBA, I know they just don't not work out all during the season because it's, what, eight months long. What does an in-season in -season, uh, professional basketball training program look like? Okay, let's, let's go and then and remind me of that last question. But let's go the difference between the two, NBA and, and, and NFL. Okay. Well, I always kidded. Um, I've got my records from back in the 90s when I was with the Hornets testing. But when um, I remember me and one of the other staff members, we loved college football and, um, and, football and, and professional football. So we'd get an NBA guy in there and testing him from college. And we'd, we'd, we'd kind of make, okay, he could play outside linebacker in the NFL. He could play wide receiver. Here's the deal. The NBA, a lot of those guys could play in the NFL. Absolutely. A lot of guys in the NFL could not play in the NBA. Right. Uh, that's how good these athletes are. But to get to the question, mobility is the key. 
Now, di- football, you've got different skilled position, and mobility is good. I had Mason Rudolph in here today. So Mason, a lot of rotational work, a lot of core work. Now, he's hypertrophy, meaning I – mean, and today was he just wanted to come in and train legs because he'll be here with me. He's going on vacation. He'll be here till uh, Wednesday, and then he's going on vacation, and he'll be back for about three or four weeks before he goes to training camp. But right now, it's just hypertrophy work. And But for him, a quarterback, it's mobility, especially in the trunk, especially in the rotator cuff, and strength there. But I just got the Ryan Khalil, all-pro uh, center for the Carolina Panthers, retired. He was in. He just left to go back to the West Coast. He's retired. But for him, it was about strength, right. hypertrophy and strength. He cared less about mobility. To right. a certain extent. Right. And it, now let's switch it. NBA, mobility. You've got to have that explosiveness along with the mobility, along with the strength. You look at your NBA players nowadays. All NBA teams have strength coaches. And it's changed a little bit since I was there. But let me tell you, NBA, you've got to be explosive. Where does that explosive come from? You've got to have a little strength to be explosive. Right. You're not strong. You're not going to be that explosive. You get more explosive, you get a little stronger. Now, they don't have – NBA doesn't have the force, the tension. They don't need as much force accelerating that mass. In football, you've got to be able to move mass, okay? And that's just power, okay? So you've got to be able to move it at a fast rate of speed in football. A lot of mass. Basketball, you don't have to do that. You have to be explosive, but you don't have to you don't have to move a lot of mass. You don't have anybody tackling you, or you don't have to block, or you don't have to get somebody get off a block. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So I don't have to go with heavy as much mass, put as much uh, tension on the bar. Okay. Okay. Mass is force times is force times acceleration. I've got to move it explosiveness so i've got to be i've got to be explosive where basketball player in football with a lot of mass behind it so now the last part how would i you, you asked me how would i train them differently well what was the last you know what what would an in season what would what did your in season oh, NBA right. program look like yeah in the nba yeah because i high had a start when i what we struggle with in high school is getting basketball players to do anything during the season. They don't want to do anything. Yeah. So maybe that's right. I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah. And in in, in when I was with the NBA with the Hornets, we had a chart up on the weight room wall, and they had to get in so many lifts a week, depending on their minutes played. Okay. But I never did in my 11 years with the Hornets. Oh, Chip, I'm too sore. As long they would lift, I wanted two lifts in. If you're not playing, you're going to get more, three or four, maybe. Okay. As long as you're doing your skill work. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry, his father played for me. I saw him shooting. I'd rebound for him when he was five years old. Yeah. So as long as you're working on your skill. Chucky Brown, NBA. If, a, if an NBA team had a weight room in the arena, he's lifting right before the game, and I like it. If you tell your players this, 
it it really it really acts upon it stimulates the central nervous system it stimulates this and the peripheral nervous system from the spinal cord to the muscles it stimulates it you get up there getting ready to run a getting ready to run a, a sprint do about five or six tuck jumps to stimulate the central nervous system yeah i like it i i don't see if it's a light lift i don't see any problem lifting that morning wow now and the nba always left it up to them chucky brown would lift in orlando they had a weight room right beside the court i mean it was right down the hall he'd do some bench presses some pulls he was ready to go <laughs> and some other players so it didn't mess he up was ready shot. to go bench press didn't mess up his shot it, if you're working if you're going if you're not working on your shot it'll mess it up if you're shooting 100 shots a day 50 shots a day no it should not right. it should not you're getting that repetition that motor skill development of the shot no and there's players in the nba now no strength coaches bill fram Miami Heat. he's got players who lift lift your game day i guarantee you maybe few i'll always left it up to them but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna but he can't be a hard lift. It can be just a very light going through some mobility. I love overhead squat with just a stick or just a very light bar. You know, it, that would be more movement, more mobility. But a light lift, but let's talk about, you know, you look at your schedule and you can get two lifts in. At South Mech, we try to get at least one or two lifts in during the season. Yeah. So, and it just depends on the schedule, but I guarantee you, you've got to keep that explosiveness. If you don't, you think your explosiveness is going to be just as good at the end of the season or first of the season. First of the season, when you just came off your, your weight training program, you mean you're going to stop? You think your explosiveness is going to be as good during playoff time, tournament time? I don't think so. You've got to do something to stimulate that central nervous system to keep that muscle strong so it can jump. I think jumping, correct me if I'm wrong, jumping is a little important in basketball. <laughs> hey, so it, so that that would that would be that would be my, you know, and I've never, I've never now we may modify the bench press, dumbbell bench. I had two, three basketball, four basketball players, and they all of them did some of them did uh, uh, dumbbell, but the others did bench press, we used the block. Use the block. We didn't go down all the way. See, we modified. Okay, you're not going to squat. Do a goblet squat. Do a front squat. Right. You see, do, do some, do, do some, do, do some. Uh, instead of overhead presses, do some rear delt work. Instead of, uh, instead of deadlift, do some lat pulls. Do some rowing. Chin ups. Chin ups for the, uh, the, uh, the squat for the basketball player. Upper body squat. Chin ups. Today I had our basketball players do chin-ups and they held it three seconds high uh, on the, at the very top. They held it three seconds. So and they did about four or five reps with that. So there's always I'm going to modify something. I don't have to stay basic. I'm just stay stay and 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 in the NBA, Bill Ferran instead of cleans, he'll do trap bar uh, extent triple extensions. Okay, cleans a little hard for basketball players, especially during the season. Get a trap bar pull it up, go up fast, but under control, and go up on your toes and shrug at the top, triple extension. Extension of the ankle, knee and hip. 
and then shrug at the top, you got four. <clears throat> so now, you're always modified. And I think that's one thing that coaches, you know, don't understand. I mean, you understand it, but especially high school coaches that we coach sports is you, you spend all this time activating your muscles and getting them to work and then you're going to stop working out. You don't keep the same explosiveness throughout the season. You, you don't. And we, we don't. And we use a lot of band work, band squats, you know, where you've got a band strap hook, hooked at the floor. It's around each end of the bar. We'll do that. Uh, you're exactly to, to create some explosive. And we do even do that on bench press to keep, to keep uh, upper body explosive or speed push-ups or jump push-ups. Yes. Where you're clapping your hands, upper body explosives. So yeah, that it. Why I always thought, well, why don't you lift your own season? You mean you're just going to stop and everything's going to be washed away? What you did over the summer and early fall before basketball, it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, but I think the culture's changing, and and I think we're. I understand some schools and some players, but it's just changing once. When you, when you obtain knowledge, it changes your execution. I heard this a great saying over the weekend, listening to some podcast. Knowledge changes execution. I love that. Knowledge, it changes execution. So I just learned something. Okay, we still can lift during basketball. If, if you... If you find out about a team, you make halftime adjustments. Here's what they're doing. We're changing our execution. Right. You've made halftime adjustments. You just you just found out what. Okay, here's what they're doing, guys. So here's what we're gonna do. We're not. We're gonna execute differently. That's life too. That's big time life. You're always having to change the way you're thinking, the way you're feeling, the way you're doing a project at school, at work, at life as a father. Yeah, I got. I'm tired, but I got to listen more to my wife when I get home. I found out that she's feeling this way. I got to change execution. Right. The way I do things. So. I've had so, and that's why I'm always I'm always listening and reading. And I wish I could understand. I remember where I I read that or saw listened to it at. But I over the way and I, I wrote that down. We'll just make it your quote. So. Yeah. Uh, do do that. Too. <laughs> So, all right, move, moving into to the last few questions. Um, you know, there's a lot of young coaches that listen to this. And, and like you said, I always say that, but we're always learning. I'm 40 years old, and I'm learning from you right now. Um, and, and you say that you're 63, and you're always learning. Um, but go, go back to when you were at App State, and, and you were training everybody and building that strength and conditioning program, and you were young. And you just said that the coach should have fired you four or five times. What are things that you learned during that time that you would love for new coaches, strength and conditioning coaches or football coaches, just, just lessons learned that you could say, don't do what I did, do it this way? What are some things that you learned there at App State earlier in your career? Well, I, I like – I like, I can't take credit for this. I like what Napoleon Hill says and listen to his podcast that he really wouldn't change all of his, all his mistakes he made when he was young. He wouldn't change. Them. Right. And I wouldn't change them because I learned from them. Right. 
Now, get to back what you're asking for, what you're asking about, is that, you know, um, the young strength coach coming up, be ready to sacrifice. Be ready to go about maybe 5, 10, 15 years before you're making big money. And sometimes that it, you, you don't. You're at a level where you're not. Right. I know coaches that were coaching at Appalachian State, football coaches in the 80s, still not making the, the big money. Right. Uh, I know strength coaches are not. So don't get in it for the money. Get in it for the passion, for your love of the profession. Do not get in for the money. You won't last. I would say this. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But you, you've got you've got to hit the books every day. You've got it's twenty. Be ready to work twenty four seven. You know your your knowledge is power, and you find as much. I talk about it in my story. That knowledge is power. Yeah. And and here's here's what I want to mention. I'm glad I thought of it. Be loyal to that coach. Right. And it was a coach or two. A coach, and I wasn't. I, 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 and I, I regret it to this day, but I learned from it. And now I'm helping others. Right. If that coach wants something done, if I was working for you, Jonathan, and I'm the strength coach at your high school, Jonathan, what do you want done? I'm going to, Jonathan, I'm going to be your biggest ally. I'm going to be your biggest support. Now, we may disagree, and I'll come to you, Jonathan, and I'm going to, Jonathan, I'm going to let you know right now what you wanted to do, I'll do. But here's what I'm thinking about, Jonathan, and here's why I do it. The bottom line is, Jonathan, it's going to be done the way you want it. But here's why I was thinking. Here's why I was going to do that. Right. You see? Yes. I, there's good – there's all got to be good communication between head coach and strength coach. But it, you're his biggest ally. I believe in loyalty. I don't care how wrong that football coach is. And if he tells me to do something, it's done. Why? Because it's his team. It's his team. Agreed. It's not mine. I'm working with him. But all in all, it's his team. So be loyal to that coach and be his biggest ally. And you're, go the extra mile. Do what needs to be done and then some. You may be only making $20,000 a year. Work like you're making 100. So, so that's, my, that's my biggest advice to coaches coming up. Strength coaches and be ready. I started to say, I started to say, don't get married and don't have a family. <laughs> but the Lord will work that out because you're always moving. Make right. sure your wife's that got got a daggum good job. Um, so basically, that's it. Be loyal to your coach. Okay. Um, speak to this a little bit. Um, how has your faith in Jesus Christ impacted your career? And, you know, how, you know, here's the deal. As coaches, whether you be a strength coach, football coach, basketball coach, we always say, if we're Christians, we always say faith, family, uh, football. But, or you might say faith, family, strength, and conditioning. But it really becomes football, football, football. <laughs> and, like, you knock faith out, you knock family out, and it's football, football, football. And, and we're just, we're wired that way. You know, we're wired to be a competitor. We're wired to solve problems and work and, and do all that kind of stuff. But, but Jesus Christ says, no. God says, no, you're going to be a husband and you're going to be a daddy first. 
and then you're going to be a strength and conditioning coach. Speak to that a little bit, how Jesus Christ has impacted you and your career and, and, and how you, I guess you're just overall coaching philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my faith is everything to me, especially in my latter years. It, um, it, uh, it used to not be. I was a Christian, but I was a part-time Christian. Right. So it's everything. And there's times to be intense. You've got to know when to back off, but times to be intense. Times to be that father when you walk in that door or a, a father to your kids, a husband to your wife. There's times. I step on the football field. Dick, uh, who was it? Tom Coughlin had the, had the uh, concentration zone. Once you step across that line, you, me and you both, I get up early, got up at 417 this morning. My coffee, and that's my time with my quiet time. My Bible and fin putting the finishing touches on demand excellence. <laughs> then it's time once I come to Europa, my place of business. When that first Mason Rudolph walked in the door at nine o'clock this morning. Quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My A game had to be on. Right. When I go home at 730 leave here at 730 my wife has got to be my prime focus and being a husband father my two girls are away so uh claire is in florida working for nutrition 53 and sydney's a uh junior at liberty she's in colorado at a young life camp so proud of both of them yeah but uh, they're my life. But my daughter texted me this morning, and I stopped what I was doing to get to her text. Right. I don't usually answer telephone calls unless it's my wife, text, or my daughter's call or text. I will interrupt. Sorry. So there's times, Jonathan, there's times when you have to be that father, husband, teacher, football coach and i think the lord understands that you got to put your focus on right now and i think your daily your daily walk it's a it's a it's a constant prayer right. I, i'm praying all the time god i need your help right i i i'm i i'm and i like what you want in your book about humility i am nothing in this next breath francis chan talks about the minister i'm just lucky God's given me one more breath. I'm going to take this breath. Oh, thank you, God, for the next one. We're not, we're not guaranteed nothing. And growing old is a privilege. Why? Not everybody gets to do it. Right. I'm 63. I know a lot of people who's died in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Christ died half this age. Right. So, so. You know, um, there, there's just times. And I think God needs, knows that. But you're walking out on the field, and I know you've done it, Jonathan. I know you. The short time I do. How many times do you walk on that field? Lord, give me knowledge and wisdom for the day. 
Because I'm awful tired. Every day. And yep. man, God honors that. God, God honor and bless my business. Bless my work. God give us work. He, that's what he, we, I couldn't, I couldn't retire. I'd go nuts. Me getting not getting up, have to do anything, have to do something today. I get to do something. I get to influence kids, no matter how tired I am. Absolutely. And so God gives us our work. He's proud of that when we do a good job. He's proud of us. Right. And we're, thank you, Lord, for giving me. I'm tired. I taught five weight training class. I got to go out here and coach and try to get us, build a championship team, go seven on seven drills, work with our linemen because they keep, keep screwing up on their assignments. God honors that. He gave it to you. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, to be focused on what you're doing at that time. But no, there's times to focus on other things as well. Absolutely. Last question for you. You know, um, and, I, and I sent it to you this morning, and I was just thinking, you know, I, I recently turned 40, and, and I know that's not too old, but it's like you just said, you know, there's plenty of people who have died earlier, and, and, and there's many who've lived later, but, you know, when you turn 40, you know, you just you start like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm on the back half now. And, um, and I, I just think about uh, the Apostle Paul, and, you know, I think he was martyred when he was 62 or 63 is what the books say. And he wrote Philippians in jail at about 58 or 59. And, and what he wrote in Philippians 3, uh, verses 13 and 14, he says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ, in Christ Jesus. I think about two things right there, and, and I, want, I want you to reflect upon, you know, 63 and beyond in your life. But Paul says, sitting there in the jail cell at 56, 57, I, I press on. He says, I strain forward. You know, he wasn't looking forward to retirement. He's sitting here writing, you know, Philippians but he's, he's sitting there pondering how I can strain forward for the gospel. You know, talk about finishing and, you know, you're, you're like me, you're a competitor. You want to win. You want to be successful. You, you want all those things. And I know you want 63 to however long could be to 103 to be great years. What, how, what are you thinking about when you think about finishing strong? Um, you know, when I, when I signed your book, or when I sent you a copy of my book and signed it, I, I signed it, Finished Strong. I do all my books. Mason Rudolph come in today. He wanted a book. I signed it. I put Finished Strong. I got that from a great, great Christian head football coach named Jerry Moore, head football coach at Appalachia State that I had the pleasure of working with for a short time. He wrote that. He wrote me a letter one, one time back when I was with the Hornets. And on it, it said, Finished Strong. Now, that's so important in athletics, that fourth quarter. Basketball, that, 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 uh, those last two minutes, finish strong. Um, and then, that's where I got that from. And then, in life, as Paul was talking about, you know, I won't at that time, because of God's grace and mercy, me going to heaven, Nothing but that. Right. Yeah, I pray that he's going to – I, I want to be – my goal is to be a righteous man. 
don't do what other men are doing. Be a righteous man. He, the 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 the, the uh, Bible says the the Lord go looks to and fro for 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 righteous men, righteous people. I want him looking at me. And man, do I fail that every day. <laughs> That's my goal. Right. That's my goal. And I want when I get to heaven, him saying, "Well done. You ran the race. You finished strong. Well done, my good and faithful servant." Lord, I messed up, and the only reason I'm in heaven is because what you did on the cross, and you rose again. That's the only reason I'm here. It's a you. And I finished strong. I'm not going to be like every... As an athlete, that's why I love it. Discipline. You're not like... can't be like everybody else. You can't be like everybody else. You got to go the extra mile. Name me somebody who didn't go the... We talked about that on the phone this morning. Somebody who was very successful didn't go the extra mile. Right. Michael Jordan was one of the first people in Carolina in the weight room, last ones to leave. Go, he went the extra mile. All the shots, all the extra work in the gym. What are you doing day in and day out for the glory of God? It's your job. You're going out of the way to, to help a kid when you don't feel like helping that kid. You're so tired. And he's a, he's a numbskull for messing up. <laughs> Yeah. Finish strong. Finish strong. And so that's why I write that in every every uh, letter. Um, if even in my emails, I will I will I will say that to some extent. But mainly on my books. So uh, that, that's what it means to me. Finish strong in life, not only on the athletic field, but in life. Congratulate you. Um, as we've talked about it, Jonathan, uh, I've. I've got your book right here in front of me. One of the, I tell you, what an impact it's had on me. And I've recommended to so many people uh, demand excellence on and off the field. So I cannot, uh, uh, just great job, by the way. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, our time our time is up. And man, I, I really appreciate you talking with me. And um, man, just the encouragement from you that, that I receive and I know the people listening to this will receive it as well and just the information that you gave us and um, you know I'm going to pray for us as we uh, finish up great great Jonathan Lord we come before you today just want to praise and thank you for Coach Sigmund Lord and praise and thank you for his life and his journey Lord I praise and thank you um, Lord that, that you gave him the desire to publish this book uh, there's great examples of men uh, Lord who aren't who aren't only great uh, strength and conditioning coaches, Lord, but they are great Christian men that I was reading about, Lord. And I just praise and thank you for him and the influence that he's had over uh, physical uh, physical fitness and strength and conditioning and um, the lives that he's touched. I just pray that you will continue to bless him and uh, give him strength and energy each and every day um, to, to uh, mold and shape more men and, and women that he works with and I just pray for his family that you would be with them and that you would bless them as well and I pray that he would just continue to be a light and a source of encouragement for Jesus Christ Lord we love you and we praise you in Jesus name amen thank you sir amen Jonathan it has been a pleasure if if you have not got people listening not got the book demand excellence off the field it's a must read Worthy of every song we could ever sing 
Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me Jesus, the name above every other Yeah. 